Hello everybody, it's Matt Hardman here with yet another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio. Thank you for tuning in, uh, and thank you for continuing to support the plethora of programming CKCC Radio provides you each and every week. We got a lot to talk about. We got Homestead, uh, where we had three races, trucks, Xfinity, and a cup race. In a track that really hasn't found a, a permanent home on the schedule after being uh, the season ender for so long. So long that it screwed me up. I mean, it really has. Uh, but we have all that. We have um, the fallout from the Bubba Wallace incident that happened at Las Vegas. My thoughts on that. Along with my thoughts on Spire Motorsports, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, the newly named uh, David Gilliland uh, Truck Series team, and so, so much more. Uh, So stay tuned. I am going to for, just so you guys don't think I forgot about it. Uh, this week there is no pop quiz notes because I am probably going to run long with my thoughts um, on a couple of these things. But I want to dive right in. We're going to dive right into Homestead. Um, this past weekend we had Homestead. Like, like I said, a long time uh, championship weekend race. Obviously, it's moved around on the schedule a couple of times. Last year, it was in the spring. Um, Prior to that, it was kind of... It's bounced around since um, it was announced that Phoenix would be ending the season. Uh, Hasn't really found a home. (laughs) I'm not 100% sure. having it this time of year would is a, a smart move, but um, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, uh, we had a three-race weekend, uh, Xfinity and Trucks on Saturday, and the, the Dixie Vodka 400 on Sunday. Uh, and what would really kick it off is... The trucks would run. Uh, Ty Majeski would pick up the win. Uh, this would be his second win this season and second win in a row um, for Ty Majeski, who clinched his way into the championship round. And this being the penultimate race for uh, the truck series, uh, this would also decide who would be joining Ty in the round the final four round uh this uh wow joining ty is his teammate and last season's champion ben rhodes along with this year's regular season champion zane smith and john hunter nemechek quite a stout final four for the truck series um 
Normally, I would wait till championship weekend, and I would go over my, you know, who I think would win, who I think deserves to win, who I'm kind of pulling for. Um, but next, where the trucks are not racing next weekend at Martinsville, I can actually do this now and kind of get this one out of the way, because I'm probably going to have more in depth uh, with the other two series. Uh, so, like I said, you have those four. You have Majeski, Rhodes, uh, Zane Smith, and um, John Hunter Nemechek. So, looking looking at all four of them, you have Majeski, who is a, a short track in iRacing, um, quite a talent. He's kind of bounced around throughout his career. Uh, finding a home at Thor Sport this year, uh, his first time running a full season in any of NASCAR's top three divisions with the same team, because uh, he has bounced around, you know, from team to team and development, uh, you know, manufacturer development driver for a couple of years with a couple of different programs. I know he was with Roush for number of years still running uh, late models and super late models uh, seems to have found a home at Thor Sport and this is his second win of the season um, obviously so uh, this is a really good showing for him and he's getting hot at the right time then you have his teammate over at Thor Sport and they um In Ben Rhodes, and Ben obviously is the um, last year's champion, and kind of the elder statesman of these four. He's been around the series the longest. Um, you know, he, he's in his early 30s, so it's kind of hard to call him the elder statesman. Um, but Ben has been around the series, you know, been up the ladder into the cups here. Uh, Cup Series star, uh, he has run some Xfinity, you know, found a home in the Truck Series. Uh, and he's looking to go back-to-back -back for the first time we would have a Truck Series champion go back-to-back -back since um, Majeski and Rhodes' teammate Matt Crafton did a few years back. Uh, so, it's kind of interesting uh, there. Uh, the third driver is uh, Zane Smith, a driver who last year made it to the Final Four, driving for uh, uh, GMS, uh, the Maurice Gallagher-owned Truck Series team. Um, and due to sponsorship woes, he, he was one of the drivers that was let go as they thinned out their Truck Series program to concentrate on their uh, effort in the Cup Series with Merton by merging with um, uh, Richard Petty Motorsports and forming Petty GMS. Uh, Zane, who is on the outside looking in with the, all this shuffle, um, moves over to <clears throat> Front Row Motorsports, taking over for uh, Todd Gilliland, uh, who went up to uh, Front Row's number 38 Cup Series car. Uh, Zane hops in that ride and 
ran away with the Truck Series regular season title, uh, which is very impressive. Uh, and he is the only Ford in the championship four. And rounding out the top four is a driver who actually had the seat at front row just two years ago before moving back to the truck series and left that 38 uh, cup car moved to the trucks with uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports and was the guy who was tapped to be the next driver to bring KBM a driver's championship and that is none other than John Hunter Nemechek uh, who Toyota was very high on made sure to snag him up as a development driver and have somebody kind of in their um, back pocket now very very stout fields um, John Hunter like I said you know Toyota's very, very high on him, and they're very, they've been very successful in the two years uh, that the KBM uh, Nemechek partnership has happened. Actually, he's opened a lot of doors for Nemechek again after his singular Cup Series season. Uh, Nemechek, who would race in the Cup Series race at Homestead <coughs> for 23:11, but we'll get to that in a few in a few minutes. Uh, but Nemechek would find this door open, and while the success while the team has been successful, they last year they failed to reach their goal of winning the Truck Series title. Um, this year, this would be like the little ribbon on on the present you know the icing on the cake if KBM in their final season with Toyota were to go out and win this truck series title with John Hunter behind the wheel uh, John Hunter's uh, future has not yet been locked down and we'll, and we'll get to that as well um, but this would be a great way for the pairing of John Hunter, Nemechek, KBM, and Toyota to all go out together with this. Uh, ben Rhodes, like I said, you'd have the fact that he could be the first driver since Matt Crafton to go back-to-back -back for Cup uh, Truck Series titles, excuse me. Uh, so that's something cool. Zane Smith, um, who is who last year going into the final race at Phoenix had not had any plans on where he was going to race in 2022 uh, landing at front row motorsports a team that actually um, just a few years ago did not exist in the truck series and were and also ran in the cup series you know nobody would have ever thought those words um, front row motorsports and championship contender would go together uh, but uh, Bob Jenkins at front row along with um, the brain trust of Ford uh, really kind of stepped up their game um, and made this team very very successful 
Um, well, part of that is also with their partnership with David Gilliland Racing, um, which will be changing affiliations in 2023 as uh, DGR will be um, moving on from Ford to Toyota to take the place of the flagship um, Toyota team. But we'll talk about that. We'll get to that as well in a few minutes. There's so many stories going into this. And finally, Ty Majewski, uh, who coming into the playoffs had not won a race in any of NASCAR's top three divisions, um, but was known as a short track standout. Um, coming from the Midwest, place where uh, drivers like the late Dick Trickle cut his teeth, uh, where the Sauter boys cut their teeth, uh, to MJ and Johnny, along with their father Jim, uh, cut their teeth in the Midwest, the Fidoas, the Wallaces, uh, Mark Martin, Alan Kowicki. So the, the Midwest um, certainly puts out some very talented drivers. Um, Ty Majewski, you know, can etch his name into the history like a Kawiki or a Wallace or a Sauter as a NASCAR series champ. Um, my money is on, I, I guess, who I think should be champion should be Zane Smith, um, especially if Ford decides to hedge all their bets, kind of, you know, bet on black and go all in with helping um, front row, um, kind of get that support they need to win this truck series championship at Phoenix. Um, and this is right in uh, Zane Smith's neck of the woods coming from Las Vegas. So I'd be really hard-pressed to um, bet against that. Uh, but they're going. But the 38 truck is going up against three stout Toyotas, uh, two of them from the Thor Sport camp and the third one from KBM. Um, I'm kind of pulling for I'm pulling for John Hunter Nemechek because this is a this is a young man with so much talent. Um, he went from racing uh, for his family-owned team and actually being very successful in the truck series with a um, shoestring budget, uh, won multiple races, made the playoffs, um, eventually got promoted up through the ranks. Uh, has won on the Xfinity series and had strong showings for front row motorsports um, in the Cup series in that 2020 season where he was competing for Rookie of the Year with the likes of Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer. Never really got to do there, but uh, was running better than most of the drivers that have come through front row uh, he would leave after the end of the 2020 season to find a home at um, 
Kyle Busch Motorsports and with Toyota. And while the, the pairing has been very successful, getting multiple wins over the last two years, uh, last year they failed to clinch the championship. I think this, like I said, could be a redemption uh, for JNH or JHN. Um, doesn't roll off the tongue as good as JNH. Uh, could be redemption for John Hunter and a parting gift for KBM and Toyota as their pairing has come to an end with uh, Kyle Busch moving over to Richard Childress Racing and Chevrolet. Um, so I, I foresee that. But I'm also kind of torn because I, I want to pull for Ben Rhodes, you know, the KG veteran, and Ty Majeski, who, you know, as I said, has come through those those short track ranks, um, and we can have, um, you know, which is something doesn't happen very often, you know, these drivers that have come through these ranks battling for these titles uh, against drivers who, you know, compared to drivers who have, you know, got there, you know, had to pretty much handed quality rides and not really had to work for them. Um, that's what we're going to see in the Xfinity Series too. Um, but we'll talk about that in a second. We have the possibility of having two great short track drivers represent NASCAR as champions um, with Ty Majeski making the Final Four and Josh Berry, who won last week at Las Vegas in the Xfinity Series. Uh, those two are going into their respective Final Fours, so um, that's pretty impressive. So that's the, um, the trucks. Xfinity, uh, next verse, same as the first. It is another Noah Gregson win. This is win number seven for him on the season. Um, our, without a doubt, the hottest driver <coughs> in any of NASCAR's three divisions since the playoffs dropped. Um, this would be win number five during, since that time period. And, you know, very, very impressive on how he's been able to pull this off. Um, he advances to the final four with teammate Josh Berry, who we were just talking about, the short track late model veteran. Um, going into Martinsville, there's one race left to get into that final four. Um, two drivers will advance in on points unless we have a winner. Um, out of, a, out of one of those drivers that's below the, the final four cut line, which could mean a Justin Allgaier or a, um, a Brandon Jones, even though I believe Jones has been eliminated. Um, you know, so it could be anybody in that top eight. But as of right now, as the point stand, Ty Gibbs will advance, um, continuing on his very, very impressive season in the Xfinity Series, and 
AJ Elmendinger, who just got <coughs> one hell of a promotion last week, returning when it was announced that he will be returning to the Cup Series full time with um, College Racing. So you have all that, and um, we'll look forward to seeing what happens at Martinsville with that series. Um, so, on the Cup Series side, in the Dixie Vodka 400, there were so many storylines going in. You know, how will um, John Hunter Nemechek do in his first Cup start of the season in replacement of Bubba Wallace, uh, who was suspended? You know, how will the top eight fare? Um, Will a driver punch their ticket into the playoffs with a win um, to join Joey Logano? Um, you know, how um, will we see uh, NASCAR's message about um, on-track incidents? Will we see uh, NASCAR once again having to throw down the hammer there? But the story at the end of the Homestead race when that checkered flag fell was the story of Kyle Larson and how Kyle got his swag back with his second win of the season in dominant fashion, might I add, um, leading well over 190 laps. For those of you who heard that crackle open, I opened myself up a can of um, Black Rifle um, mocha coffee thing. Kind of like a monster, but without all the crap in it. Ah. Delicious. Anyway, kind of needed it right about now. Um, so, like I said, Kyle kind of, it, it seemed like Kyle had a little bit of a championship hangover after uh, a probably a season for the record books in 2021. Um, you know, 10 wins in the NASCAR championship. And going into um, the Homestead race, he had only won one race uh, all season. That was early on. You know, and there were a lot of questions and you know, did Kyle Larson actually show up for the season? And remember, up until the Roval and the obvious controversy over um, Cole Custer and Chase Briscoe advancing, it was Kyle Larson who got knocked out of the playoffs. And, you know, right now we're actually, I've as of recording, I have not seen anything saying about whether the Stuart Haas penalty involving Cole Custer, uh, Bris uh, Chase Briscoe's teammate, who advanced to the round of eight, um, will face a penalty. And that was what knocked Kyle Larson out of the playoffs, our defending series champion. So he's kind of had a quiet season, um, but he broke out in a big way. Um, with with this weekend's win, 
and this goes along with pretty much how the playoffs have been uh, with drivers advance, you know, winning and advancing into the next round. So far, only Joey Logano and Chase Elliott have been drivers who have advanced to the next round with big wins. Uh, so, you know, that's not a bad thing. It just shows the parity in this season. And I think that's kind of getting where a lot of the questions have been involving Kyle Larson. There's been a lot of parity. Um, you know, he, he once again plays spoiler as Ross Chastain finished runner-up. This race, uh, along with A.J. Allmendinger, who um, was running the 16 car for College Racing, um, other good runs, uh, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr. had a good run, seemed to be the only car who could somewhat compete with Kyle Larson, uh, but Truex and Larson get into it on pit road. Uh, Truex and Spin, but um, other drivers like Christopher Bell and Chase Briscoe were having to dig themselves out of a hole. Uh, Briscoe, who started the race nine points um, behind the cut line, going into Homestead, finds himself after the race needing a Hail Mary at Martinsville uh, to make the final four. And this is pretty big for the for this young Stuart Haas driver. You know, will his Cinderella season come to an end? Um, at the half mile paperclip in Virginia. Uh, but right now, it looks like we're going to be having uh, Joey Logano and Chase Elliott. Uh, who was the regular season champion on their way in. But never rule out a Ryan Blaney or a um, or a Denny Hamlin. Um, two drivers who have had a lot of success uh, over the years. And um, But we'll have more on that come next week. Uh, before I get to the elephant in the room, let's talk about... Um, some of the announcements that have come down. Obviously, we talked about um, David Gilland when we touched on um, the front row motorsports truck and Zane Smith. Um, David Gilland Racing was is a another Ford team that um, has been running in the truck series, and it was no secret that Toyota wanted a another truck series program to replace KBM. Kind of have all their parts and pieces in place. It was announced today as I'm recording this on a late Thursday um, that uh, David Gilland obviously will be replacing uh, KBM as the flagship developmental driver team for Toyota. And Gilland will be partnering with NHRA um, Dragster, uh, Dragster and team owner Johnny Gray. And they will be forming the team. They will be rebranding the team called Tricon 
uh, Motorsports. Now, Tricon, obviously, um, will have factory support. Now, and with Johnny Gray being involved, um, his sons Tanner and Tyler Gray will be driving for them, along with Corey Heim, uh, who is currently driving for um, Kyle Busch Motorsports. Now, where that leaves Chandler Smith and Sammy Smith, uh, two KBM drivers, along with John Hunter Nemechek, there's a lot of questions with that. Um, one, along with uh, where uh, current David Gilland racing driver uh, Haley Deegan will be running in 2023. Um, what we do know is Deegan has signed a developmental contract with Ford, uh, so there is the possibility of her running another truck season uh, with a team like Front Row if they decide to start a second team as a teammate to Zane Smith in 2023. But more are the odds that she will be running in the Xfinity Series with uh, either SS Greenlight Racing, where she made her uh, Xfinity Series debut at Las Vegas, or in the Stuart Haas entry, which is currently driven by Riley Herbst. Um, a lot of that is contingent on what Ford decides to do and where um, they decide to place uh, Deegan in their camp. Obviously, Deegan's got a lot of support, you know, from companies like Monster and Toter, uh, along with uh, many, many others. I'm sure she'll find a home somewhere. Um, John Hunter Nemechek, on the other hand, uh, his, you know, his uh, tenure with Toyota will not be ending. Uh, he will either... His name has been mentioned around for a couple of different things. Um, first, in the Xfinity Series, uh, finding a home either at Sam Hunt Racing, where he's raced a partial uh, season there and has run pretty strong, or uh, driving for Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, either in their Cup Series entry in the 18 car um, until Ty Gibbs is ready or in the Xfinity Series replacing Ty Gibbs in the 54 car. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of talk and speculation on that. Um, so I think that piece uh, is contingent on where Joe Gibbs decides to put his grandson Ty. Um, who I think I have the feeling Joe's going to backtrack on his comments uh, when it comes to uh, Ty racing one more season in the Xfinity Series um, before moving up to Cup in 2024, which was the original plan, but that was before um, Kyle Busch defecting to back to Chevrolet. So yeah, all, all these musical chairs, I mean, this is kind of crazy. Now, as for Chandler Smith, I believe that Smith will go to one of the um, vacancies in 
the Xfinity Series for Joe Gibbs Racing. I think he is going to go to the 19 car, uh, which was will be vacated at the end of the season by Brandon Jones as Jones moves over to Junior Motorsports um, to one of their entries. Uh, so I think that to the nine car replacing Noah Gragson. Uh, so I think that this is going to be a um, very interesting spot. Uh, Sammy Smith, I don't know where he falls in all this. I know that he's a KBM driver. He just won. Uh, you know, he's been strong all season long uh, in the Arca Series and has been very successful in trucks. I don't know where he's going to fall into his rankings, uh, to be honest. Um, so you have all those pieces moving around. Like I said, I think there's there's a lot that is still to be worked out. I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface on the big seat, which is yet to be filled, and that's the Kyle Busch 18 car. And I think once you see that, you'll see a trickle-down effect on where a lot of these drivers, uh, both in the Xfinity series and the trucks, will fall into place once... Uh, the 18 uh, cup car is uh, seat is filled uh, so um, we have all that we have Spire Motorsports that announced their driver lineup for 2023 uh, Corey LeJoy will rejoin uh, Spire for a third season in a row uh, continuing on the seven car, um, obviously that team has built up a lot uh, this year. Uh, was actually in competition for a win at Atlanta earlier in, in the season. Um, Corey's been fast, especially at, at plate races. So I, I think that team has shown a lot of progress. Uh, and they are certainly going to be pretty competitive everywhere uh, within the next year or so. So uh, keeping Corey LaJoy in that seat is certainly uh, a good move. And Corey's a good ambassador to sport, a great ambassador to sport. Uh, the son of a former uh, Xfinity Series champion and Randy LaJoy. Uh, I think that... Uh, you know, he's got a lot to offer, uh, both behind the wheel and, um, you know, his, uh, his opinions and whatnot, especially with his Stacking Pennies uh, podcast, which is a very good podcast. I don't listen to it as much as I do uh, the Dale Jr. download, uh, but I think it's a really good thing. And he does a lot of stuff, and he's a really fun guy. So I, I think, you know... He's got a bright future, uh, obviously, in the sport. Uh, joining him, uh, he will actually have a steady teammate in that 77 car for Spire, uh, which has been bounced around quite a bit in um, 2022 uh, with a multiple number of drivers uh, in that car. Uh, from Landon Castle to Josh Balicki uh, to numerous others. Uh, he will have 
Ty Dillon uh, in that car. Uh, Ty, who is coming off a single season as a teammate to Eric Jones at Petty GMS Racing. Um, Ty, uh, Ty found himself without a ride um, after it was announced that Noah Gregson would be moving to the um, to the 42 car 2023. Um, so Ty will be moving to the 77 car. I'm presuming he'll bring some kind of sponsorship with Black Rifle Coffee, uh, which is great fucking coffee, might I add. So not often I curse on this show. I save that for the patron episodes. But I love Black Rifle Coffee. Uh, I love coffee in general, but um, Black Rifle and Death Wish have become kind of my favorites. And, you know, they both kind of tie into uh, Ty Dillon, so I'm kind of excited for that. But um, realistically, I think that they, that they are going to support him somehow. Um, along with um, Bass Pro Shops, um, both of which have, are, have also been tied with Noah Gregson, uh, the guy who is replacing Ty Dillon. So it's going to be very interesting uh, with those sponsorships. So, um, But uh, he will be a permanent, a, a, have a permanent seat in 2023 in that 77 car, which is what Ty needs. He needs a little bit of stability. He hasn't found that uh, since leaving Jermaine Racing at the end of the 2020 season. Um, so we have all that. Um, I guess now we talk about the big elephant in the room, and that is Bubba Wallace and what NASCAR handed down to him um, with the um, the whole um, situation that happened at Las Vegas. So obviously the big talk of NASCAR in the past two weeks has been uh, the incident involving Bubba Wallace at Las Vegas where... Um, He would get into a tussle with Kyle Larson, and in retaliation, um, Wallace would wreck Larson at speed. Wallace would, as I was saying, wreck Larson at speed, and um, in the chaos would take out... uh, Christopher Bell, a championship contender, as collateral damage. Now, this was a complete and utter um, retaliation tactic by uh, Wallace. Um, there was no sign to hide it, you know, nothing later on in the race or whatever the case is, Not nothing at another race or even later on. This just happened to be, you know, a couple of turns later, he just turned him, uh, hooked his right rear, sent uh, Larson into the wall, uh, wrecking both their cars and Bell's. Um, He would get out and then have a shoving match with Larson, who, like I said last week, to his credit, uh, did not shove back, just kind of took it. And obviously this put um, Bubba Wallace, who has been a lightning rod, 
of um, controversy, not necessarily of his own making, uh, into the spotlight and put NASCAR in a really bad light to the point where uh, they, they had to do something. Uh, NASCAR last, last week prior to the Homestead race um, announced that they had suspended Bubba Wallace for one race. Uh, there is no points penalty, uh, no fine. This was a straight-up suspension, um, no penalty to the team other than losing their driver for uh, Homestead. Um, and what's interesting is 2311 did not appeal this um, on behalf of Bubba Wallace, nor did Wallace appeal this, um, which I found very telling um, that just the fact that 2311 um, kind of kind of stood with NASCAR on this issue, um, and this was a this was an issue. I mean, obviously we saw the uh, William Byron do this to Denny Hamlin under caution a few weeks back um, during the playoffs. He would lose <laughs> 15 points, and yet would uh, that penalty would have been overturned. He would gain his points back. Is now he is back in the points chase. Uh, in that top eight. What's interesting is uh, him getting his points back is ultimately not so much the um, whole Custer issue. Uh, it was the fact that, you know, by getting his points back, that's what ultimately screwed Larson out of making that, um, making the cutoff um, in points. So, um, like I said, NASCAR suspended Wallace, and this had been the first time in, in quite a while that NASCAR has suspended the driver for an on-track action. The last time was Matt Kenseth uh, being suspended for three races, uh, finishing out, uh, I'll be honest, I forgot the year, uh, but uh, sitting out three races after a tussle at Kansas a few weeks before um, <coughs> Genseth decided to take his car that was a few laps down and intentionally take out Joey Logano who at that point was battling for a championship uh, but NASCAR has had a has dropped the hammer on penalties in the past um, talked about Kyle Busch being suspended a cup race for an incident involving Ron Hornaday at Texas back in 2011 um, that ultimately cost Hornaday the Truck Series Championship. Uh, Kevin Harvick had been suspended in a race for taking out Ty Gibbs' father, Coy Gibbs, in a truck race at Martinsville. He was suspended for the cup race that weekend for that. Um, Know, and Jack Ingram, um, this was before my time of really following the series, but I do remember hearing this story multiple times. Jack Ingram uh, was running a short track late model race uh, involved in an incident with uh, Bob Presley, uh, Robert Presley's father and grandfather of 
Joey Logano spotter. Um, or crap, I forget who spotter is now. It's not Joey Logano's, but uh, Coleman Presley. Um, so, you know, in that ultimately, you know, NASCAR's, you know, handed down this one race penalty to Jack Ingram, and ultimately that was where the tide turned and Ingram lost the championship in what was uh, then the Bush series, um, giving the title to Sam Ard. Um, not saying that Ingram wouldn't have lost the title uh, another way, but I thought that that was a quite a um, quite a huge penalty. And uh, this has had a lot of NASCAR pundits talking social media. Uh, the, the the NASCAR uh, the NASCAR community really talking. Um, there's been people in the camp that Bubba shouldn't have been suspended that because things like this happen all the time in NASCAR, um, and that um, that there really shouldn't have been a suspension for it. Uh, others who thought that the one race penalty was fine. Um, that Wallace had actually learned his lesson with this. And there's others that thought, you know, it should be fair because uh, Matt, where Matt Kenseth was suspended for intentionally wrecking a driver and um, causing a playoff situation that it should have been for the rest of the 2022 season. Uh, Kyle Petty being one of those. And there's others that have thought that the penalty was a little too light for being a driver where um, many crew chiefs and crew members have been forced to sit for four races for a tire penalty. Um, I'm ha I'm just happy he got a penalty. Um, not so much with Bubba Wallace. It could have been anybody. It could have even been um, Kevin Harvick, who I've been a very huge supporter of throughout the years. Um, I really think that you know, NASCAR need to send a message, no matter who the driver is, and that um, this had to be handed down. And I, and I know Kevin was one of those that needed to chime in, uh, that chimed in on Twitter and said that NASCAR needs to um, really, you know, hammer down on this as um, hooking drivers in the right rear and sending them into the wall is very dangerous, especially with this new car. Um, which is, I think is the reason the severity of this penalty uh, with the suspension, which, like I said, there is a precedent for, but it doesn't happen very often that NASCAR had dropped the hammer on this one. And uh, a lot of people have criticized Harvick's comment because this is something he has done in the past. Um, you know, hooking drivers in the right rear and spinning them. But as he said, you know, in a follow-up tweet, is NASCAR, when he was up and coming, and even early in his cup career, uh, he had somebody like a Mike Helton, you know, come in with an iron fist and say, we're not going to do this, and if you do, you'll be penalized. And that that is what is needed. Um, so obviously at that point, he, he kind of, he agrees with the penalty, uh, he agrees with the punishment, and I think that that it's it's a fair punishment. I think one race 
should be enough to get the message across to the garage, not just in the Cup Series, but across NASCAR Spectrum. Uh, because we've seen that with a lot of drivers in a lot of NASCAR sanctioned series. Uh, the Truck Series, notably. Uh, the Xfinity Series with um, Noah Gregson getting into stage carom. Uh, and so on and so on. So, I mean, this is certainly a, um, a, a situation that needs to be remedied. And you're doing it on a big scale in the Cup Series. Um, by parking a driver for the weekend. Um, people have um, complained on social media, well, why is the team allowed to compete? The team did not make the order for him to spin out Larson. This was of Bubba Wallace's own volition. Uh, it was the heat of the moment thing. Um, I know Wallace has spoken to Christopher Bell on the plane ride home from Las Vegas and apologized. I... And from what Kyle, uh, from what Kyle Larson has said, Bubba has yet to reach out, and he's not really looking for a reach out um, to apologize to that. He was kind of over it after it all happened. You know, he wasn't uh, jumping for joy at the penalty or whatever. And I know that uh, these two have an interesting past. These were former drive for diversity drivers uh, that came up through NASCAR and. Um, there was, you know, Bubba was a, a big talking point, unfortunately, uh, when the microphone got shoved in his face, um, over, uh, Kyle Larson's comments a few years ago that found him suspended from NASCAR for a season, uh, which the irony was not lost on by many NASCAR, um, social media, but that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother situation. That's a whole nother set of penalties, which I'm not really going to get into on here. Um, I think all I'm going to say is in both cases, I think the penalties were both just. Um, you know, at one point, it Larson's penalty almost cost him his career. Um, thankfully, he was able to bounce back. Um, Bubba, so Bubba can bounce back from missing one race as well. Um, many drivers have. I mean, one race doesn't define you. Um, in a negative light like this. Um, but I, I, I hope this is a learning lesson. John Hunter Nemechek filled that seat at, um, at Homestead, qualified in the top five, had it, had a car which could run in the top five, top ten, and possibly won, um, the, um, the Xfinity, the Cup Series race, but would uh, uh, spin out late and uh, early in the race and finish a lap down. Um, but the car certainly had some speed. Bubble will be back in the 45 car at Martinsville. Um, I don't know how the... He, he's probably... I have a feeling the crowd is going to be torn. You're going to hear some cheers and you're going to hear some boos. So he'll get the He'll get the Kyle Bush pop, as I call it. Um, so, yeah, it'll be very interesting how he approaches coming back to the track um, at Martinsville and at Phoenix. Um, so, uh, a couple quick hits. Um, this weekend, um, Tony Stewart will be in Phoenix for the NHRA event, where he will be competing in a top 
fuel alcohol dragster. Uh, the top fuel alcohol dragster is a step below the top fuel nitro um, dragsters that uh, he owns um, for his wife, Lee Pritchard. Uh, Tony, who during, during the last couple of years has dabbled in NHRA and actually had got a NHRA competitor's license. This will be his first attempt in the NHRA, uh, so good luck to him. And I know there's a lot of controversy with Tony Stewart, as obviously he has been very vocal about NASCAR involving the penalties that have been assessed to his team over the last couple of weeks. Uh, first, the uh, suspension of Rodney Childers and the big $100,000 fine there after um, a... Um, a uh, modification of a part on the car after the Talladega race. Then obviously the um, situation involving Cole Custer, um, whether there were team orders or whether there was some kind of um, chicanery to help Chase Briscoe make the round of eight at the Roval. Um, and that one is currently up for appeal right now. I do not know the results of the appeal because it hasn't yet to be announced. All I know is it was heard, but nothing, um, nothing yet on the whether the penalties have been overturned yet or not. Um, but what's very interesting though is uh, Jenna Fryer during um, a recent um, race walk uh, on pit road uh, had interviewed Gene Haas. Uh, and there has been talk of Cole Custer, whether he will get one more year in the 41 car for Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, Gene wants um, Custer one more year and see how he does. I know Custer was on the hot seat uh, when they were in talks to try to uh, procure the services of Kyle Busch, which ultimately went to Richard Childress Racing. But um, he was on... in on the hot seat to be bumped down to uh, Rick Ware Racing as part of their satellite effort uh, with Ware's team. And Tony Stewart, the other co-owner of Stewart Haas Racing, has actually been advocating um, Custer being bumped down to that team for um, for uh, Ryan Priest, who is... Uh, the backup driver, uh, the driver on call in case any of the drivers get sick or is uh, will miss a race, um, and or testing a lot with um, uh, SHR and has been running um, multiple races through multiple series and has been successful um, in his stint with that. So uh, there's a lot of talk there and there's a lot of talk with. Priest returning and what his future holds in 2023. Uh, so, is there bad? Is is the the romance there at uh, Stuart Haas Racing? Is this coming to an end, or is this just um, talk? But we'll have more on that next week, along with more of the um, the driver carousel at um, in NASCAR. So we'll talk then. And I'm Matt Hartman, and I will see you next week. Bye.